Hi, this is Mona, and this is Aaliyah. You are listening to A Devil's Tale. Today's story happened in Japan, and it probably demonstrates how social media could be a very dangerous place for young people. Takahiro Shiraishi was born on October 9, 1990. He grew up in Zama with his parents and a younger sister. He was a quiet boy who went to a local elementary school and junior high school in the city. His grades were not great, but he was a responsible student who didn't miss a day of school. Takahiro joined his junior high school's baseball team as a freshman, and then the track team as a senior. He went on to study at a high school in the city of Yokohama, and it was around this time that things fell apart at home. His parents divorced, and his mother and sister moved out. Takahiro's friends recounted stories of him playing choking games, where he and others would strangle each other to edge of passing out for fun. Actually, that was really big when I was in middle school. To choke each other? Everyone in my middle school was just choking each other, and they called it blackout. <laughs> I don't know why this was a thing, but it was really popular here. What the hell? I never heard of this. I was like, oh, this must be what murderers do, but I guess not. <laughs> Maybe all those people I knew were murderers or grew up to be murderers. Wow, I did not know that's like a trend. Yeah. Oh, now TikTok doesn't seem so bad, does it? <laughs> If this is what we did in middle school,、oh, it was、man. so big back then. Okay, so Takahiro was close to his father. His dad worked at an automotive design workshop. He frequently helped out at the workshop and occasionally had dinner and drinks with his father well into his adulthood. After graduating from senior high, Takahiro took on a series of odd jobs, including at a supermarket. Food factory and a pachinko parlor before becoming a scout for a prostitution ring. Do you know what a pachinko is? Is that like a casino? It's like it's a game machine. So pachinko is a mixture of slot machines and pinball. And when you play it, the player mainly controls the speed with which many small steel balls are thrown into the machine. And so there are all these parlors where they have pachinko machines. All over Japan. Oh, okay. So it's like a mix between a casino and arcade.、Mm. So it's like two combined into one sort of a thing. While working as a scout for a prostitution ring, he was active in Shinjuku's Kabukicho district, and once described as an ambitious, dangerous man who is capable of betrayal. While prostitution is illegal in Japan. Sex-related businesses, ranging from hostess clubs to massage parlors, are common in urban areas, and young men are often hired to comb city streets for potential employees. One woman who cohabited with him for three months said Takahiro was unusually gentle than ordinary people, despite a morbid fascination with death and suicide. He had sent her messages such as in quote let's commit suicide together and once texted her in quote I have killed a hostess who said she wanted to die and all of these messages were dismissed by this former girlfriend because she thought it was a joke. 
It's just such a weird thing to joke about. That would be a huge red flag for me. Yes, this would be a very big red flag. In August 2017, he confessed to his father that he had met the love of his life and would urgently like to have his own space. His father acted as a guarantor for an apartment in the neighborhood that rents for about $227 a month, so very cheap. In the same year, on August 22nd, Takahiro moved into the 13.5 square meter apartment, which Japanese media has described as the house of horrors later. Takahiro says the motivation for his crimes was triggered by his falling out with his family. After arguing with his father, he decided to try and make a living by seducing lonely women and convincing them to give him money. He had learned to prey on women's insecurities while working as a scout. He searched for women online who expressed suicidal thoughts, met up with them, and plied them with compliments. In June of 2017, one month after he was given a suspended prison term for being a scout for prostitution ring, Takahiro told his father that he saw no meaning in life. Jobless, He cocooned himself further into the dark recesses of social media. He used Twitter, a medium he once used to lure girls into the sex trade to meet people with suicidal thoughts. While living on his own, Takahiro built up a small following on Twitter through at least two accounts. Under the first Twitter account, he cast himself as a forlorn victim seeking company for his misery. He wrote in an August 25th post, I want to forget everything. I want to disappear. Under the second account, he took on the persona of someone who is skilled at helping people die. He said, I want to spread my knowledge in hanging. I really want to become the source of strength for everyone who is in pain. If you're at a dead end, please consult me. The alleged first victim, Mizuki Miura, a 21-year-old logistics company employee from Atsuki, Kanagawa, left a note at her family home saying she wanted to live alone. According to investigators, Takahiro allegedly asked Mizuki to live with him and received 500,000 yen, about $4,400 from her to rent the apartment he lived in. The prosecutors believe that he chose this particular apartment because it was a loft with attic space and he was already thinking about how to utilize the space to store his future victims. Takahiro also said he did not have any hesitation in killing his first victim, Mizuki. She was remembered by her college classmates as a gentle and kind person. Her social circles couldn't believe such horrific event could happen to her. 20-year-old Shogo Nishinaka was allegedly killed after confronting Takahiro about the whereabouts of his girlfriend Mizuki. So this guy is Mizuki's boyfriend. He was known as an enthusiastic bass guitarist who played in a band while working at a facility for handicapped people. Shogo lived in Yokosuka, Kanagawa, and had spoken of his plans to tour with his band before disappearing. 
The oldest victim, Hitomi Fujima, 26 years old, was from Kasukabe, Saitama. Hitomi went missing after leaving her workplace earlier than usual on September 13, 2017. She moved to Kasukabe with her husband and daughter in 2015. She seemed hesitant to leave on her last day at work. I feel guilty for not saying anything to her, a male co worker said. That was the last time anyone had seen or heard from her. Takahiro's ninth victim would be his last before getting caught. When Aiko went missing, her brother started an investigation on his own to find his sister. He hacked into her Twitter account and tracked her movements and found very dark messages between Takahiro and Aiko. A woman assisted Aiko's brother by contacting Takahiro and setting up a fake appointment. She agreed to be the bait to lure Takahiro out for the police, who then followed him home on October 30th, 2017. When the police asked if he knew where Aiko was, he pointed at a freezer box near the apartment entrance and said, In there. Wow. He didn't even try and hide it. Oh, no. According to Takahiro, he turned to murder after he began to fear that one of the women he met would demand that he repay the money she had lent him, which would be Mizuki, the first woman. Imagining that the woman could take the case to the police, he killed her. He said, I had a hard time making up my mind to do it, but I had done illegal things on a daily basis as part of my work as a scout and had internalized the idea that it's only a problem if you get caught. He also sought out his victims using the hashtag suicide recruitment on Twitter, preying on young girls who wanted to take their own lives. He told them via direct messaging, saying, Let's die together. To ensure his victims would not back out at the last minute, He would arrange to meet them at a train station near their homes, then travel together to his apartment. He said he gave them alcohol, tranquilizers, and sleeping pills to make them more relaxed before assaulting them. He confessed to killing one person in August 2017, four in September 2017, and four in October 2017. Mostly on the same day he met them. Eight out of the nine victims were women, mainly in their late teens to early 20s. In the span of two months before he got caught, he killed nine people. Takahiro told the police it was difficult at first. It took me three days to get rid of the first body, but after that, I could deal with them within one day. There's no doubt that I sliced up the bodies in my bathroom with the intention of destroying evidence. Please have recovered two kitchen knives, scissors, a saw, binding rope, and a gimlet, all with traces of blood on them. Takahiro said, I disposed of their flesh and internal organs like garbage, but kept their bones out of fear that I would be caught. Police also found three cooler boxes and five large storage boxes in his apartment. They checked the eight boxes and found body parts, including heads, legs, and arms, in seven of the boxes. Reportedly, he used cat litter to cover the body parts to mask the smell. His neighbors in the two story, 12 unit apartment complex said 
they had neither seen nor heard anything amiss, despite complaints of a persistent, pungent smell emanating from his apartment. One of them pointed out that it was strange that his bathroom ventilation fan was kept on at all times. Takahiro even brazenly used the neighborhood garbage collection point to dispose of the evidence. Wow! So I guess the kitty litter didn't work. No, the smell. Yeah, I mean, honestly,、yeah. I can smell Vivian's bathroom stuff. You know, so if it's a、yeah. human body part, I'm sure it smells. During his trial, Takahiro's defense team said he deserved a lesser sentence because he helped the victims who had said they wanted to die. They found a witness from Twitter, a woman who has been in contact with Takahiro. Allegedly, she was going to be the next person to meet up with him. She said they have exchanged many messages, and he was very supportive of her decisions. She said although she didn't end up dying, but knowing Takahiro is there made her feel supported and relieved. She believes that all the victims are thankful towards him, and he is in no way a murderer. But Takahiro himself tanked this defense during his trial. While on the stand, he said the women hadn't consented to being killed. During the trial, he said it was easier for me to convince people with worries and other issues and manipulate them to my way of thinking. Takahiro was sentenced to death in 2020. In a recent interview, he expressed that he would love to get married to quote a normal girl before his execution. So he's still alive, but he got his sentence. I mean, typical serial killer though. Having just such a big ego that they need everyone to know what they did. That's why he was like, "No, that's not why I did it." And he, no, even though what the woman said could get him a lesser sentence, he's like, "Nope, that's not what happened." Yeah, because I guess at the end, having their name out there and having this legacy is more important than living their life. Yeah, his nickname, by the way, is the Twitter Killer. And I think it did. I'm not sure. I didn't look into this part, but I remember seeing this mentioned somewhere in one of the news articles. I think at least in Japan, there was sort of this petition for Twitter to have policies or some kind of a restriction on accounts that have, you know, that says suicide or death. Oh yeah. You know, now they have them. So like, if you look up certain words, they get blocked. Like a friend was looking up ribs because they wanted to look at bar. Barbecue, but that can also be it's like the body part. You know, if you're pro Anna, you might be looking at ribs.、Oh. So now those are blocked. You know, other words too. Well, all of this happened in 2017, even though he just got sentenced last year. So it could be maybe this case was part of the reason why Twitter changed their policy. Yeah, I mean, it's good to have, but that's just really sick to think that you can target vulnerable people with hashtags. And I'm thinking too, like when the pandemic hit, I started getting targeted with urns. You did? Yeah, I got ads, you know, saying buy these urns, don't let your loved ones live the rest of their eternity in an ugly urn. That's in poor taste. Oh yeah, because people are grieving, and you are using that grief and this very horrific time to do business. Oh my gosh, 
It's pretty scary because imagine if someone who was a digital marketer decided they want to create a fake product so they can start targeting people who are vulnerable, maybe people who are up late at night. Like I started getting ketamine advertisements because I stay up late at night. I'm getting all the weird ads. I literally looked up something. It was food related on Google. Then I got distracted. So I went on YouTube to watch a random comedy video that has nothing to do what I was Googling. And you know how before YouTube videos, now most of them have ads. And that ad was about the food that I was Googling. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, YouTube is owned by Google. And so when you search Google, you know, they're cookies that get saved. And so that information can transfer over and you're getting retargeted. And it's funny because I know this, what you just yeah. said, but I'm not registering it to the point where every time it shows up and I'm always triggered, like, wait a minute, I just searched this. Yeah. And it always makes me feel really um, uncomfortable. It is a little creepy, but I will say as a consumer, you can also use it to your advantage. Whenever I shop, I go to Facebook ads library. And I look up their ads and I just want to see like, is anything on sale? You know, that you're only going to show me if I go through this funnel. And I also go on milled to see what emails they've sent out. So it's creepy, but I'd say as a consumer, use it. Do you use VPN? I do use a VPN, yeah. I do too. But I just think if he was more sophisticated, I mean, it's terrifying. But just thinking of that in the wrong hands is very scary to me. If he didn't get caught, this would have gone on for a long time, I think. And he kills very fast. It's one person every week, right? And the only reason he got caught was because this brother hacked into his younger sister's Twitter account. This I didn't include because I couldn't fact check. But in one of the articles, they said they were able to pull up train station surveillance the day Aiko disappeared. And they compared what he looked like to Takahiro and it matched up. That's good that he was able to get into his sister's account, though. Something, I don't know if this is a paranoid thing, but for my social media accounts and my passwords, I have, you can set it up in LastPass and in Facebook how you want it to process when you die. Oh. Or in a case of a situation where you're missing. So with my last pass, I have it set up so my sister can get access to my passwords. And I have it in Facebook if I die. Just gonna purge everything. Last pass, is that an app? So yeah, LastPass is an app and you can keep all your passwords in there, set them up so they generate a specific way and you don't really have to remember all your passwords. If you want, you can go password by password and designate if you want someone to gain access to that password and they would just have to be able to answer certain pieces of information to verify their identity. So I use it for the majority of my passwords and it's linked to my sister. So in case I die, she's got to figure out who killed me too you know when i was on the road for you know the entire 2019 we were on a plane every week this is like me also being really paranoid a plane accident is much less common than even a car accident but it's just we are on it so much i do feel like the chances are higher at that point point. and during one of the plane ride we kind of had disturbance and i remember thinking to myself i need to set up a will I have realized, especially with COVID too, I just don't want to leave people in a situation where they literally don't know what these informations are and they can't get any access. Yeah. A will and an advanced directive. I would do both of those. 
Yeah, it's just what we prefer not to say that's what everyone should do. <laughs> yeah, it's not what's necessarily right. It's just our preference. To all of our listeners, thank you for all of your support so far. We would love to hear from you. You can find us on Instagram at a devil's tale. Please say hi in the comment section and feel free to DM us. If you have any feedback and story requests, you can email us at a devil's tale at gmail.com. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe if you have enjoyed all the stories so far. Thank you so much for tuning in again, and we will see you next time.